I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. President Joe Biden delivered a speech on inflation today. That's the headline. It followed a pattern from another United States president. I think that was President Barack Obama. President Bill Clinton, think again. It was actually President Trump. Let me tell you why. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Now, normally we would not associate uh, President Biden copying or following the pattern of former President Donald Trump. Uh, but today he did in a speech on inflation. Uh, was really quite extraordinary. It was a little bit of a head-scratcher for me. Uh, and disappointing to many on both the left and the right that the president didn't lead with more specifics. That he didn't lay out an agenda and a plan. That he spent a lot of time in the po- political muck and mire. A lot of finger-pointing and placing blame. And granted, to be fair, the presidents of either party get way too much credit when the economy is good and way too much blame when the economy is bad. However, it still requires leadership to navigate through it and help the American people come along. And I think the president missed on that one today, but he did channel his inner President Trump today. It was a very populist message. It was a very divisive message. It was a message of us versus them. It was red versus blue, liberal versus conservative, rich versus poor. Uh, It was a populist, divisive message from President Biden today, right out of President Trump's playbook. So let's break it down and look at what he actually did and did not do today. Uh, And again, I was hoping the president would really lead today in a different way. There are things the president can do. There are level levers that the president can pull from a policy standpoint uh, that he failed to get to today. Things that he clearly could have touted as wins, things that could have been positive and, and helped him even just in a crass political way. It could have been helpful to the president. But I don't think the president is getting the right people in the room. I don't think he's getting the right information. He's not crafting the right speech. Uh, The thing that uh, stood out most to me during the course of the president's remarks today was that it didn't feel like he really owned the speech, that it it wasn't his. His heart wasn't in it. It was very flat uh, and, and just not a concise, here's where we are, here's where we need to go, America, get on board, let's make this thing happen. And so let's let's break it down. The president started uh, with the finger pointing, placing blame and shoulder shrugging exercise 
uh, and sadly, uh, that has become standard operating procedure. And I don't think it's helpful to the president. Uh, I don't think it's helpful to any politician. Uh, I've said this over and over and over. Uh, you can win an election occasionally with what you're against, but that does not mean you are positioned to lead. Uh, it only means that you are in power, which means you actually have a responsibility to lead. And many of our politicians across the political spectrum are failing in the leadership department. But the president started with the usual suspects. He started with, of course, everybody's favorite, the pandemic. The first cause of inflation is a once-in-a-century pandemic. Not only did it shut down our global economy, it threw the supply chains and demand completely out of whack, especially in countries where more effective recoveries is, uh, uh, weren't available. The second cause of inflation, of course, was the second of the two Ps, pandemic and Vladimir Putin. A second cause, Mr. Putin's war in Ukraine. You saw, we saw in March that 60% of inflation that month was due to price increases at the pump for gasoline. Putin's war has raised food prices as well because Ukraine and Russia, two of the world's major breadbaskets for wheat and corn, are essentially completely stalled. So, point finger, place blame. Now what do you do next? With a populist message, you drive the wedge. And the president drove the wedge, making the case that voters needed to choose between his plan to lower inflation and then, of course, using pejoratives as uh, you do when you're driving a wedge. They say that the Republican plan uh, is an ultra-maga, ultra-maga Republican plan. Their plan is actually made working families, is going to make working families poor. You don't have to take my word for it. It's in writing. They've made their intentions perfectly clear. Senator Rick Scott, Wisconsin, a member of the Senate Republican leadership, laid it all out in a plan. It's the ultra-MAGA agenda. So the president and the administration is clearly trying to make the, the ultra-MAGA uh, a framing for the fall. Uh, and so that's just clearly politics and semantics that they're playing there, uh, trying to get that term to stick so that everyone could be painted in a divisive way. Uh, and I would just note that whether you like Senator Scott's plan or not, uh, it is a plan for a party of one. Uh, there's not a single senator, Republican senator or Democratic senator, for that matter, that has signed on to Senator Scott's plan. So the president laying that out as a plan of a party uh, is a, just a wee bit of a stretch. Uh, President Biden, of course, doubled down on that and uh, said that, of course, the Republicans are evil and they, they want to tax those hardworking families while they give benefits to the rich. Their plan is to raise taxes on 75 million American families, over 95 percent of whom make less than $100,000 a year total income. The average tax increase would be about $1,500 per family. They've got it backwards, in my view. I proposed a minimum tax for billionaires. Uh, President Biden went on and laid out some other divisive things in terms of Republicans versus Democrats and back and forth on the plan, uh, things in terms of gas prices. But there was one component that I thought was really interesting that the president went after. And it's this idea of sunsetting programs. But listen to the way the president framed it. But their proposal is every five years, 
All those programs would cease unless they're re-voted. That the Congress comes along and says, yeah, we want to keep these plans. Affirmatively voting for them. Well, imagine the change that's going to take place then, man. Imagine all the bargaining that's going to take place. You Democrats want to maintain Social Security, you got to give up such and such. Look, I want to give Medicare the power to negotiate drug prices and make it stronger and lower your cost. Now, I think it's really important to notice the idea of a sunset, uh, I think, is actually a really good thing. Uh, And the president painted it as, oh, they're going to hold programs like Social Security hostage. No, I think the idea and I think what we should debate is looking at all government programs, all government spending and shine a light on it. And every five years, I don't think that's too short a period or too long a period. It might be a little too long in my view. To go through and say, is there waste, fraud, and abuse? Is there accountability? And please, oh please, tell me what the results are. Because if we are spending trillions of dollars on programs that are ineffective, even if they are the most noble cause on the planet, if they aren't producing results, then we shouldn't vote to reauthorize those and to continue to fund them on the backs of American taxpayers. So I think the president missed that one. And he again, he tried to use it as a divisive mechanism, uh, as a scare tactic of watch out. Social Security is going to go away because it's not going to get voted on. Uh, and I don't think there is a single uh, member of Congress who would believe that for a nanosecond uh, if they were under the truth serum uh, and had to answer the question. Uh, so I think it was a, a lot of division and divisiveness. It wasn't heavy on policy because it was overpoweringly focused on politics and so i think the president did take a page today out of his former opponent's playbook president donald trump this was populism this was division this was us versus them this was not leadership we're going to stay with the question just a little bit longer because i think there's some important things we need to learn some things i hope the president will shift and change some things i hope that all politicians across the spectrum We'll start to engage in a different kind of conversation so we can get a better result for the American people. Stay with us. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. We're staying with the conversation and the question just a little bit longer today. The headline, of course, of the day is President Biden speaking to the nation about inflation. And amazingly, shockingly, his speech came out of the playbook of none other than the former president, Donald Trump. If you squinted your eyes and uh, tweaked your ears just a little bit, you could actually hear some of both of them in the speech today. Uh, I don't think that serves President Biden very well. It was heavy on politics, light on policy, and incredibly heavy on division. Uh, and that's not what the nation needs right now. The, the nation needs leadership, and I don't think it was there today. Uh, and again, I, I think it's uh, both sides of the aisle uh, are guilty of where we are. And the president still has to lead. So one of the things the president said in the course of his remarks today uh, was that Republicans just want people to be mad about inflation so they can gain more power. Believe me, I understand the frustration. But the fact is, congressional Republicans, not all of them, but the mega Republicans are counting on you to be as frustrated by the pace of progress 
which they have everything, they've done everything they can to slow down, that you're going to, will hand power over to them and enact, so they can enact their extreme agenda. So, the president used a classic scenario there. Anger, fear, and frustration. He said, Republicans want you to be mad and angry. The president said, I understand your frustration. And then he went to fear. They want power so they can enact extreme, an extreme agenda. Now, I'll be honest, I don't think the president believed what he was saying today. Uh, it's not how he has rolled over his very long career in the United States Senate. Uh, and it just didn't ring true. It rang a little hollow uh, as he delivered that today. Uh, because I don't think those are his talking points. I think that's staffing. And it was really interesting. Uh, at the end of his remarks, the president did take a couple of questions today. And I want you to listen to this exchange. This is significant. The president was asked by a reporter how he thinks the administration is doing at combating inflation. Take a listen to this exchange. Why, why do you believe so many Americans believe that your administration is not doing enough to combat inflation? And do you believe that you and your administration bear some measure of responsibility for the inflation that we're seeing across the country? First is we're in power. That's the first thing. And you justifiably right, we control all three branches of the government. Well, we don't really. We have 50-50 in the Senate. You need 60 votes to get major things done. I've been pushing the things I've been proposing here, and you've heard me speak to today since I got in office. And I have I need to get 60 votes to be able to even pass them. So I think that's a fascinating exchange. In, in 30 seconds, the, I think the president unraveled the case that he had made for 21 minutes in his prepared remarks. Again, this was a CNN reporter. This was not a gotcha question uh, from someone on the right side of the, the media landscape. Uh, this was from CNN saying, you know, don't you bear some of the burden? Why do you think the American people feel like you're not doing enough, Democrats and your administration specifically? And the president's response, uh, yes, we control all three branches of government. So, yes, there is some responsibility there. He then, of course, put in the caveat, uh, but of course, we don't have enough to get things done in the Senate. Uh, and I'm sure that was a shot at uh, at Joe Manchin in particular. But again, that's not Joe Manchin's fault. Uh, that's the president's responsibility to make the case to his own party. If he's going to make it to the nation, he better be able to make it to his own party. And while they do have control of all three branches of government, uh, they clearly have oppor- had, had opportunities to do some of these things. So, again, a very uneven speech from the president today. I was hoping for something very different, I'll be honest. Uh, and I've said this before today. There's not a single American, there's not a single one who is rooting and voting for inflation to continue to go higher. There's not a single American out there who wants to pay more at the gas pump. There's not a single American who wants to have less in their grocery basket when they get to the checkout counter. I also know, in talking to... Democratic friends, Democratic pollsters, and Democratic consultants, they have all, every single one of them, have said loudly and often that inflation is the number one issue for voters in America. And they have told the president and the White House and Democrats in Congress, this is, these are the number one issues 
inflation, gas prices, grocery prices, all of those things that are impacting kitchen tables around the country. And so the the fact that the president has not embraced that, uh, that seems to still be playing a little bit of tone deaf and tin eared, uh, just didn't fly for me today. And for a president who ran on the idea that he could be the uniter in chief, that he could bring people together, that he could bring the country together, uh, that was not the message today. This was a very much out of the playbook of former President Trump. This was a divisive message. It was an us versus them message, red versus blue, liberal versus conservative, and so on. Uh, And that doesn't advance anything. And to me, it just continues to raise the question of who else is in the room with the president uh, as they're working these things through. You you always, from a communication standpoint, you always need to have somebody in the room who can say, well, what about this? Or have we thought about that? Or, wow, there's a whole group of people left and right who are pretty exercised about this particular issue. I think we could actually get that done. Uh, but there wasn't any of that today. And so that that, to me, was disappointing. And I think the president can do better than that. We've seen the president do better than that. Uh, But I think he's got to come back to that if he's really going to lead the country into a place that the country wants to go. The country is desperate to be led. You can sense that everywhere. People are looking for leadership. And sadly, neither Republicans nor Democrats are showing that they have it. Why? Because they are more interested in scoring political points than they are in enacting policy that will make a difference for the American people. And if we can't get to that, uh, all of this, all of this is just window dressing. And so there are opportunities. The president has opportunities to change the narrative and change the game. There are simple things he could do. We've talked about tariffs. We've talked about Keystone XL pipeline in terms of uh, increasing oil production. Uh, We've talked about a host of regulatory things that would be very simple and very much in harmony with the president's political beliefs. That the American people would say, okay, that's something, that's helpful, we can, we can do that, that's going to make a difference for us. But instead, we got more politics today, more divisiveness today. And again, like them or hate them, President Joe Biden and President Donald J. Trump gave very similar speeches from what we heard from Joe Biden today. A little surprising. We'll be back after bottom of the hour news. Much more to come on Inside Sources. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.